Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away. Whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that. A pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way. Bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around. Corner, pocket, cash for Lund. It is great to be back. This is what we have been waiting for. I've mentioned it before. I'll say it again. March undoubtedly is magical. But the month of February, Wyatt, in the UMAC is the creme de la creme. We have made it to the closing stretch. We have turned around into the final furlong. Thanks so much for joining us for yet another edition of Unlike Any Other. The UMAC, you know what it is. Ryan Mitchell with Wyatt Morrell. Wyatt, how you doing? Well, uh, pretty good, Ryan. And uh, like you said, February, big time of the year for UMAC Hoops. It is the 1st of February today. And I think we got to start. We need a rapid reaction of what just took place tonight. You actually were watching this one. A little overtime on the women's side of things. I'll let you take it away. But man, sounds like it was a thriller. Yeah, a sweat, Wyatt, uh, as, as we like to call it, watching some great contests. And we've had some good ones like this during the week. But I mean, Morris is ready to play. They gave Northwestern all they wanted in this one. Huge game coming in with the Eagles, just one game up in the standings. And the zone, I think, is the main thing I want to paint out, uh, point out for Morris, excuse me, is what they did in the full court, giving Northwestern some issues, getting the ball up the floor, and then also what they're able to do in the half court just to slow down Northwestern's rhythm. We'll get more into their result on Saturday against North Central, but did not look nearly as comfortable on the road tonight, but finding a way, the big three, Dominant for Northwestern, that being the seniors, Kelsey Lund, Megan Roberts, and Haley Pop. Some huge buckets down the stretch through contact for Lund and Pop. Eagles just barely prevailing, but man, it was a fun ball game. And when you can win on the road and turn it over 19 times, I mean, that feels good for Coach Call and his staff. And interesting night for the uh, Eagles staff as well, but I'll maybe uh, just leave that one there because yeah, I don't have all the maybe, information. We maybe don't need to dive into that. Like you said, not that uh, that many people would care, but I know what you mean by that. So, hey, they overcame it, though. We found a way to get it done on the road. It's a big win for them. At this point, Ryan, with this victory, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we hopped on. This is a two-game swing in a way because Northwestern gets to 7-1. and one. Morris is 5-3 and three now, so they're two games in front of uh, the next closest, and then one game behind Bethany kind of seems like it's a two-team race at this point on the women's side. Yeah, it's definitely a two-horse race as we head down the stretch. And the beauty of it, Wyatt, looking ahead, Bethany, Northwestern play on the last Friday of the regular season. That would be on February the 18th. I've had that one circled on the calendar for a while. I'm looking forward to that one. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because there's still plenty of games left. But both squads could be riding into that one, winners of nine 10-plus straight. I mean, that could just be an absolute showdown for that matchup. But I give credit to Coach Grove and Morris tonight. They gave Northwestern a run for their money. I'm excited for the rematch Friday night. They didn't get a shot late. He was very transparent after the game on the uh, interview on the broadcast, saying he failed his squad. He should have called a timeout late. But I think he gave Northwestern some fits, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they match up on Friday night. 
So my rapid reaction from this one, Ryan, is one, I can't seem to get any pick that we pick opposite of correct at this point, <laughs> so I just continue to lose ground, which is frustrating. But two, if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that Bethany Lutheran was going to be the favorite in this conference, you probably would have said, yeah, that's not necessarily too surprising. But if I would have told you Northwestern would be their greatest challenge without Brooklyn DeCam, you probably would have said, well, there's no way Northwestern can beat them. Would you say, though, now at this point, after seeing what you saw tonight and just with the way this team has progressed, they are a legit threat to Bethany once we get towards tournament time? Absolutely, Wyatt, uh, to that question, especially from what we saw from the Eagles when they played down in Mankato earlier this month. That's the last time they lost, and they kind of ran out of steam down the stretch like so many teams do against Bethany and they closed out that game really well but they're continuing to progress and progress and progress and I was having a conversation with some Northwestern people leaving the gym on Saturday saying you know with where they're playing right now as we turn the page into that final stretch of UMAC play this year versus where they were at at the end of last year and where they went on that run in the NCCAA tournament it's really close for me why was that team at the end of the year last year with how they were playing March better than where the Eagles are at now. I would give a slight edge to the squad last year, and big you know, reason why is Brooklyn DeCam on that squad, BDK being a huge part and playing so well at the end of last year. But this squad's close. It's one of the best coaching jobs I've seen from Coach Call and his staff in a long time. Yes, the big three that I mentioned earlier are stepping up large, but it's other seniors as well, specifically Allison Ide, and then the depth of this squad on the bench, freshmen playing a role. They're deeper than what they've been in some years past. So they're continuing to improve. It's It's been fun to watch for Northwestern. Well, Allison, one that transferred over, and, yeah, she's been a big impact these last two years, and uh, I'm glad you bring her up because there's been a lot of uh, younger players stepping up, but you also need some leadership as well. And uh, to get it from her is obviously very important for this team. So, uh, yeah, that's the rapid reaction from that one. If we just look back on the weekend that was on the women's side, uh, on Friday, Bethany opened things up. They, they destroyed Martin Luther 94-51. Then on Saturday, uh, we had Morris over Crown 73-58, Northwestern over North Central 71-50, and Superior over Northland 82-45. Those are all the conference games. This brings me to my next point, Ryan. And uh, we're doing something a little different, just looking at some more overarching uh, topics here tonight on this recap. And I'm going to ask you this. What is wrong with North Central, if you think anything, and can it be fixed? Because this is a total different vibe with this team at this point in the season compared to where they were when they were off on that, I think it was 12-0 and 0 to start the year or whatever it was. But they, they seem like they've got some issues they got to work out here in the last month of the season. Yeah, it's going to sound simple, Wyatt, but they just don't have the same mojo from deep. I mean, when it, sometimes it's a make-or-miss league, and we talk about that a lot in the game of basketball at so many levels. But for them, there's a lot of good looks early in the game against Northwestern, and I would say the same thing I said with their matchup earlier this month. The Eagles did a pretty good job, for the most part, getting out on contests. But last season when they were rolling wide, even when teams knew they were going to shoot a bunch of three balls and they weren't absolutely wide-open looks, they were deadly when they were getting paint touches and kicking them out. When they're not turning over the opposition when they want to speed things up and then they're not hitting threes in transition, they kind of look around and say, well, I mean, we live by the three and we die by the three. And I think that's really true for this North Central club. And Northwestern, I mean, we can, you know, maybe get into more of this matchup later, but I'll just real quickly say, I mean, it was tight early, but with the adjustments that they then made into the second quarter and specifically the third quarter, the Eagles punched North Central in the mouth. They didn't have 
any excuses coming into this matchup like they maybe did going in to the last time when they were coming off of a lot pause when they hosted Northwestern on that weeknight game. But the Eagles took it to them in every facet of the game. I mean, they were just a step quicker, getting a ton of offensive rebounds like we've seen a number of times for them. But yeah, I mean, going back to your question, the shooting. The shooting's not there. It's largely the same players. But the big numbers that we're used to seeing from, you know, Conte and Hagstrom and Robinson's added into the mix and a big part of the game Saturday as well, Wyatt, which, you know, we should note is Emily DiGiorgio did not play for a lot of the second half. And that is a huge absence for the Rams. But just overall, in the games that I've seen them drop, they're not, you know, taking great care of the basketball, turning it over 22 times against Northwestern on Saturday. And then when you're not making your three balls either, that's just a lot of wasted possessions that we just weren't really seeing from Coach Bruner's club last year. Yeah, there's still time to fix it, but I definitely think there's reason to worry, if you want to call it that, for North Central as they're going to try to make some noise late this month. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you in that you say the three-point shooting. They lost all three of these conference games by double digits. So, I mean, they weren't even necessarily that close. And it was their three biggest games of the year, you could argue. So have they really won an important game now is what you have to start to look at. And uh, there, there's major cause for concern if you're a Rams fan at this point in the season. And just looking at the standings, I think it's important for them to try and slide above Morris, those two five and three sitting in the three, four spot and not have to, assuming they win in the first round, deal with Bethany uh, in that second round. They'd rather have Northwestern in a rematch there back in the Erickson Center in the UMAC semifinal. So this is, this is going to be an important stretch of the regular season. I get every single team makes postseason play now, but this is an important next couple of weeks for North Central to establish themselves again as a legitimate contender. But right now, I don't feel confident picking them in a game in the conference tournament against a Northwestern or Bethany or even Morris for that matter. I mean, Morris just put up a great fight against Northwestern tonight. Like we talked about North central, they played Northwestern twice and neither one was really that close. So uh, major problems for North central. Is there anything else you want to add on that performance since we're there right now? No, I mean, yeah, they should definitely be concerned about Morris wide. I mean, you remember the weeknight contest at Morris where they needed overtime to beat them, and they're going to play them on Saturday at downtown U, and that's a massive game for them. But, yeah, I mean, they got the talent there, but, I mean, I, I just say it again. I mean, Northwestern took it to them in every facet of the game, and they looked lost. I mean, they took a couple hard right and left hooks, and they never really – you were expecting a run, at least I was, but the Eagles were comfortable virtually the whole second half after they came out on a hot run in the third quarter and just shot the lights out from deep, spreading the ball around. I mean, North Central was just a step behind, and uh, they, they got some looking in the mirror to do, definitely. The other results, Morris over Crown, as I mentioned, 73-58, Superior over Northland, 82-45. to Anything of worth note for you there? I mean, Superior, dominant win at home, but, I mean, we kind of – expected this from uh, these results. I mean, I obviously picked North Central. I will say, I uh, kind of owe Northwestern an apology a little bit. Not that I've like been picking <laughs> against them, but I did not Well, but you did. Them. Well, yeah, but not like <laughs> consistently, I mean. But they have had a tremendous season, all things considered, and uh, I did not expect them to be where they are right now. So kudos to them, and uh, certainly when you get a 21-point win, that's a big deal. But out of the other two conference matchups from Saturday, anything you want to just quick touch on there? 
No, I mean, you and I thought it would maybe be a little closer, I think, at the whack between Morris and Crown. But, I mean, Morris has showed me a lot uh, these last couple games, especially going back to what we talked about with tonight's result against Northwestern. I mean, I think Coach Gross' squad is improving, and they're definitely a threat to that top tier uh, that we kind of termed at the start of the year with North Central, uh, Northwestern, and Bethany. So, no, I mean, not much surprising results, like you said, with the you know, dominant win for Superior and then Morris with that convincing win on the road against Crown. Well, it'll be a fun one to preview when we record our preview pod because uh, it's a full slate as of right now on the women's side for this upcoming weekend. So it should be fun to dive into that once we do that. But that was just kind of a look at some of the scores, some of the bigger things that took place. If we shift over now to the men's side, Ryan, a couple of uh, interesting things to note from this, if I can get my tab to work here get back to where I was you're good no worries yeah I mean looking at some of the scores as we go through and then I do have a couple questions and things I want to get into tonight as well but uh on Friday similarly to the women's side Bethany rolls Martin Luther 96-55 crown over Morris 93-78 Northwestern over North Central 88-71 a game that you got to call and then Northland this one was probably the surprising one of the weekend over Superior 84-83 Northland had lost, I think, five straight conference games. They're sitting now at, what, 3-5 and five in conference play after that 2-0 and oh start. But what a bounce back. And, I mean, my fantasy squad just continues to thrive thanks to Mr. Jordan Brennan. What a performance from him. Not, not a result we expected to come, but this kind of shows that Northland is still a team you kind of got to keep an eye on and be somewhat aware of. Yeah, they're a little Jekyll and Hyde, White, if we want to call it that. And <laughs> I don't think either one of us saw this close to coming even if they were going to win the game, Wyatt, you wouldn't have said they're going to score 80-plus on the road in doing it. I mean, yeah. the mo, the MO for Northland, excuse me, has been if they're going to win a contest, it's going to have to be due to defense and making enough plays down the stretch, but it's going to be games under 70 is what we said before. And I'm going to check real quick here as I'm talking on the fly, but that's what we saw and that surprising win that they had against uh, Bethany Lutheran earlier in the season when they beat them on the road in that first weekend of UMAC play. But, I mean, I said it on the last pod, Wyatt, this was backs against the wall for Northland in a game that they had to have at Superior. So huge credit to them for, you know, Jordan Brennan, the massive performance, 30 points, and uh, plenty of assists and rebounds as well as I'm on a different tab. I don't have that box score up anymore. But nine and seven. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So 77-69 officially for those who care uh, when Northland took down Bethany all the way back on December the 11th. But... Yeah, massive result for them. And then, I mean, we can, you know, get to this one in a little bit. I mean, Superior with a turnaround dominating Morris and a result that we also didn't really expect. So some of these teams, I say it with Northland kind of the Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, we can say a similar thing, I think, for Superior. And it's great to see for them having back their full complement, at least pretty close to it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mason Ackley making a big impact, never... uh, well, I was going to say never left the floor, but I'm confused here because there was overtime. So he did leave the floor. Anyway, I'm rambling. Made a big impact. He, Vogel, and Patterson all stepped up, but just not enough in that game against uh, Northland on Saturday. So tough pill to swallow for Coach Polkowski's club, but this middle to you know just below middle tier wide, if we want to call it that in the UMAC, I mean, it's tough sorting things out. I mean... The four, five, six range. I mean, the, all those teams are jumbled, and you can make an argument on a good day for any of those squads to be four, or on a bad day to be five or six. So, 
Yeah, what uh, conference at the Division One level does the UMAC on the men's side remind you of right now? Wow, what teams? a question. What well, a to question. Me it's a pretty easy answer. To you, it's a pretty easy answer. I'm trying to think what conference, Power you, 5, you in Division the... One has got a runaway at the top, though. Well, that's true. I mean, let's not count. I, I meant the middle part, from, from 2 to 7. I mean, the Big Ten has got a lot of parity. That's that's good. I would say the Big 12. I Big mean, 12 the, is the, the next one the, I was going to guess. The Big 12, but, yeah. just, that's what all the analysts say anyways. You hear it every night. I mean, you can't sure. go without uh, Fran <laughs> Frischilla mentioning it. Oh, it's a dogfight. But, uh, no, I mean, seriously, you got Northland at 3-5 and five in the 7 spot, Bethany at 5-3 and three in the 2 spot. That's a two-game difference, and they could be playing each other in the first round. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just been that crazy this year on the men's side in the UMAC. So, it's just been a lot of fun to watch unfold and like you said you can make a case for any of those teams on a night in night out basis so it'll be very interesting to see how it develops down the stretch how about the game that you got to call northwestern like you said kind of running away with it i mean at this point let me ask you the question and you can talk about this result a little bit to maybe help you but i mean is there anybody that can take northwestern down at this point with the way they're playing are they starting to maybe finally get closer to playing their a level of basketball yeah, this is going to be very close to, if not the best conference performance, I would say, that the Eagles had, if I'm going to give them a letter grade so far this season, especially when they have their full complement. I mean, the performance at Bethany was exceptional, shorthanded. But like you said, why to pull away in this one, North Central gave them a nice little push at the end of the first half. They were excited, running into the locker room at halftime, down just three. Northwestern, though, made some adjustments, gave them a nice push start of the second half. Rams never made it seriously concerning for Northwestern, if you want to put it that way, for the rest of the second half. And it's just, it's a classic tale between these two clubs where you see it in flashes for North Central. The last four or five minutes of the first half was really fun basketball to watch. And you and I talk about it all the time, Wyatt, when we would call these games for Northwestern, we want to see good basketball. We want to see the Eagles push. We want to see teams come into that gym not intimidated and just have high-level basketball all game long. But it's really hard to do that. And so we see it in flashes for North Central. We see the potential. But to be able to do it for even 30-ish minutes or 35-ish minutes, because hardly any team is going to play a full, effective 40 minutes of basketball without any lulls. And when you do that, I mean, we're talking much more than just UMAC success. We're talking, you know, success in the postseason after the fact. But it's just tough to hang with Northwestern, especially on the road for a long game like that. And that's the difference for North Central. You know, they've turned it around. Dan DeWitt came there and he's flipped it as a 180 and done a heck of a job. But I think it's, you know, a look in the mirror and kind of a slap of reality, if you will, when you play Northwestern on Saturday to think this is how much farther we still have to go. And I want to ask you a question, Wyatt, with the Eagles. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Because you've watched Northwestern basketball going back even longer than I have. And I was thinking about this after this game on Saturday, wrapping my head around it, and I could not really pinpoint a specific team. What I want to ask you is, when's the last time the Eagles have been this deep at the 4-5 position for not just guys in the starting lineup, but guys who come off the bench specifically on the glass? The foursome of Fambule, Borma, Hoyleen, and Kohler are just absolute menace on the glass. I mean, in the starting lineup, I would tell you he's the four. Okay. I would say Wally's the one, Alms the two, Kamink's the three, Borma's the four, and Henry's the five. Well, and I'm just thing, thinking at the rebounding numbers, too. Only thing I can think back of right away, I think, to my brother's senior year, 
Yeah. They had Will Gisler, uh, Peter. Marin. Uh, yeah, Marin. And then Yunberg. And then, Bellify. but who's the fourth? Well, Bellify came off the bench, I'm pretty sure. But, but he, like, Bellify that year, though, like, hardly played. Like, Hoyleen well, yeah, and I'm Kohler not, are hey, getting, like, hey, good minutes. Hey, the question was, when sure. was the last time? I'm not saying it's as good. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yep. I'm just saying that's the last time I can think to that yep. to that extent, if that makes and, sense. And just guys who get after it on the glass white, where they're going to pick up fouls from time to time, but they're still really smart at what they do. And over and over again, the North Central bench is upset that they're getting offensive rebounds and asking the officials for fouls. And, you know, some of them, it was a sloppy game from time to time for the officials. I'll admit that. But some of the times, I mean, Henry is just leaping around and grabbing it from over the top of them. And we get confused a lot in basketball, Wyatt, with these over-the-back calls when so many times they can be avoided by what? Be physical as a defensive rebounder. Throw your backside into the dude. Get your arms out there. For people who say basketball is not a full contact sport, go stand in the lane in the paint when there is a war on the glass and you have to come up with a defensive rebound and find a way to seal and box out these Northwestern Eagles. Because I haven't seen a team physically up to the task against Northwestern in that department. And that's what it's going to take. Not just jumping after the basketball when you dig in and defend for 25, 26, 27 seconds and expect to have a stop. It takes full effort to get that basketball to be able to breathe for a second and go the other way. So I just wanted to bring up those four, I think, specifically. Don't get enough love. They've just been a nightmare for the opposition to handle in UMAC play. It's not really something you necessarily think of right away when you think Northwestern basketball either, so it's a good point to bring up. I mean, even just traditionally speaking as well, I yep. mean, that's not what yep. stands out. All right. Crown took down Morris, and then Superior took down Morris. Tough week for the Cougars as they dropped two. Uh, but I want to get into something here. Here's the question for you. There's three guys to me that have kind of asserted themselves in this conference as a player of the year candidate at this point. You got Brian Smith at Bethany. Noah Allman Northwestern, and Cade Carroll at Crown. To me, those are the three. If you have somebody else, you know, feel free to throw them into that conversation. No no objections here. But nope. right now, that's the three that I'm keeping an eye on. Who's the pick as of right now, if it were to end today? Oof, duh. You're putting me Cade on the spotlight. And the reason I ask it is because Cade Carroll, we talked about him as a dark horse the last time we hopped on. He just had another monster performance. I mean, he's just doing it on a night-in, night-out basis at this point. He's actually my first instinct to take for a guy if you would take him off the floor, and we've seen him before with him not on the floor, versus taking Noah off of Northwestern or Brian off of Bethany. Obviously, they're all super valuable. But I think Cade Carroll out of those three is the most indispensable for his club. And, you know, people define all this differently for most outstanding player of the year. Is it most valuable to your team? Is it most valuable overall? Do we just compare the stats I'll say it again. Cade Carroll, out of those three, alongside Noah Alm and Brian Smith, is the most indispensable asset for his team, where Crown looks so much different without him on the floor. Well, and obviously, it's going to depend a lot on what happens here in the last two, three weeks. But as of right now, I don't necessarily disagree with that. It's one of those things, do you give it to the best player on the best team too, though, right? I mean, it's just yep. how you, it's, it's how you define it. I think you can make a strong case for all three. I I guess I lean towards Alm just from the standpoint of, yeah, he is the best player on the best team, or at least I would say he's the best player. Some people maybe would look, I don't know, 
you could make a case for a couple different guys on Northwestern based on what they provide to the team. He's the best wide. When he's playing close to his best, he's absolutely the best. But yes. yeah, that's so I guess that's what I would say. And so I guess I'd give him the slight edge right now. But I think a lot of it does depend on where Crown and Bethany end up this year. And if Crown continues what has been a special year for them, a year that we didn't necessarily anticipate, uh, a big reason is going to be because of him. And I think he very easily could end up winning this thing. And I mean, not that we have to pick all conference teams or anything like that, but those three, I think, are first team all conference guys, unless something drastic yep. happens here. In the last three weeks. Yep, I'd absolutely agree. I mean, Noah's numbers, I mean, not that we want to go deep box score looking, but he's just a clip under 21 per game. He's great at the free throw line at 83%. He's shooting a whopping 43% from downtown, and he's 45% from the field. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, but just when I watch the Eagles, Wyatt, they're just so deep and so stacked. As crazy as this is to say, I think sometimes he gets overlooked because he can get buckets so fast. He had a stretch like that against North Central on Saturday where, honestly, you're looking at the game and you're like, you know what, that was a pretty quiet box score for Noah, even though he led the way for Northwestern in that victory over the Rams by putting up 25 points, and it really didn't even feel like he was like taking over for a long stretch of the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the stats on the leads uh, and points per game. I'm going to actually just go to the conference-only stats because that's a lot of – at least that's my understanding is that a lot of a lot of it's just based off of that. I mean, I'm a, uh, do you know if that's true or not, or do you have an objection to that? That's but that's been what my understanding is. You're saying for, for what they decide at the end of the year. Yeah, for who, it's mainly yeah. just – I mean, they put some stake maybe in the non-conference, but I feel like a lot of it no, just has to do with it's the conference. Con- it's conference-wide, yeah. It's conference. Which, Absolutely. I mean – Carroll's leading the way then with 23.7 a game. Alm's got 20, Smith has 18 and a half. Those are the top yep. three. So, I mean, yeah. to me, it is those three. But, I mean, Carroll, uh, he's also up there, I believe, in rebounds. Seventh in rebounds, so he's top ten in scoring and rebounds. And then you've got uh, Smith second in assists, third in points. So, I mean, those two almost have the edge up on Alm that they're also uh, up there in another category, per se. So, that'd be the one concern I would have, I guess, about Alm potentially getting the vote and winning it. But... You know, it's, yeah, it's I, something I, to consider. We, I know this isn't the preview pod, Wyatt, but I just keep, you know, sprinkling things. Folks, you want to listen for when we drop that one, either uh, tomorrow or the day after that. But it's just a huge weekend for Cade Carroll. Can he continue these numbers, Wyatt, on the road against the two Twin Cities clubs, if you want to call them that, downtown Minneapolis Friday night against the Rams, and then Saturday afternoon, the huge test against the bigs I talked about for Northwestern. If he's putting up 20-plus and 5-plus rebounds and hardly ever leaving the floor and knocking down a couple triples as well against the Rams and the Eagles, then the eyebrows raise even more for Mr. Carroll's case to be that guy at the end of the year on top. Hey, well, we got to shout out Crown again. I mean, I'm hearing from those guys every week at this point. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm getting texts. Please, and... talk, our, talk our ear off. Come on, guys. We, we can take even more. Please. And they're just continuing to find ways to win. They're up there. I mean, they've like we said, they're sitting five and three right now. You could easily make a case that uh, they're one of the few teams that actually have a chance to beat every other team in the conference. And you know what I mean? You look at Northwestern yeah. basically is what we're talking about is who can beat Northwestern. I'd say Crown would be one of those teams where you could see it happening, theoretically. Now, it'd be an upset by all means, but... Yeah, stay tuned, folks. I hear Wyatt may be pulling an upset and giving some more shade to Northwestern in the next pod. It could be coming. Hey, I I said Alm was going to break the scoring (laughs) record. All things considered, not terrible. I mean, 25 against North Central, so I mean... 
he could have hit one or two more threes. That would have made it look a little <laughs> bit better. But uh, he had some open looks go by the wayside. I can tell you that. But <laughs> anyways, it, it it wasn't like it necessarily fell flat on my face, and it was only like ten points or something like that. But that's uh, that's why I don't make those kind of predictions. I guess it's just hard to pinpoint when a guy's gonna score forty plus. I guess, but. So why I got I got one last question for you. You got to pick right now because it's massive. I mentioned those teams jumbled four through six. Yeah. Right now we got the Rams at four and four, the Jackets at four and four, and the Cougars at three and five. You can look at the schedules if you want to, but just first gut instinct. And if you you can throw Northland in there, I should say as well. They're also three and five. Mm-hmm. Who gets that number four spot? And it's huge because that means you're well, the four at home versus the number five in the quarterfinals. Well, okay, assuming that we're saying Crown and Bethany stay two and three, which I think they yep. might, but, I mean, they're obviously in that conversation no. as well to drop. Sure, if you want to blow the whole thing up and say, you know what, Northland's going to jump up there and, yeah. Well, okay, out of the teams that you said there, those four teams, my gut instinct was superior to get the four. And the reason why is because I still like what they do defensively. I mean, they didn't have a good showing against Northland necessarily, but they play that style of ball. And uh, with the guys like Walker and Ackley and those guys, it's like, I don't know. I see them as a team that still has a lot of upside. And with them being in a position already where they're tied with North Central for that fourth spot, I could see Superior getting it, and I would almost lean on them based on what I've seen from them so far. They got a tough close, though. I tell you what, Wyatt. They still got to go to Mankato to play the Vikings, two more to play the Cougars, finish at Crown the end of the year, and they still got one more with Northwestern. I mean, it's not easy for anyone, but... The game at Morris, to me, seems like the game that they would have to win to accomplish it anyways. But yeah, as you mentioned, the Northwestern-Bethany ones are concerning, obviously. But... uh... That, like it was just a gut instinct without even necessarily looking at the schedule that close. yeah that's just kind of what i saw so no i respect that defense wins championships and if you're gonna ride with the team who we think out of that group when they're connected they got the best defense when they're at 100 percent. i mean that's you know that's that's very understanding to decide uh the jackets on that one we need to have a poll by the way and uh pull all the coaches and say uh does good offense always beat good defense like does the best <laughs> does the best offense always beat the best defense i mean seriously that's an interesting question i mean it's like the it's like the debate why people always have in your favorite sport baseball when you get to the all-star game does elite pitching beat out elite hitting and most of the time it's elite pitching hold on let me make something very clear that is not my favorite sport it was the sport i played in college oh wow okay if you're talking about just pure enjoyment from watching it's basketball Oh, thank you. Amen. And, and like March, College March, basketball. March, well, yeah, not the NBA. Forget the NBA. You and I are not watch, NBA guys. I watch the NBA playoffs, but I'm a, I'm a college yes. guy in the regular season. Amen. And I've explained Amen. that many times. That could be another poll question. we got to start releasing poll <laughs> questions on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy baseball. Don't get me wrong. And, yes, more than not, the pitching tends to beat the hitting. But, I mean, there's an argument to be made both ways, and I think you can make an argument both ways here. I'm under the impression good offense in basketball will always beat good defense. Yeah, because there's some players when they're so hot wide, it doesn't matter what you do defensively, you're not going to be able to stop them unless you literally don't allow them to touch the basketball, which in this day and age, I mean, face guarding and just not allowing a guy to touch the ball, I mean, that's virtually impossible to be able to well, do that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, with the coaching and everything just getting even better and better these days too, I mean, just the different sets and stuff that you can run, it's just you can't guard yeah. everything. You can only do so much. That's well, and like, like it is in every sport wide, I mean, not to go too much further on this, but the game and the rules are always going to favor offense. I mean, we see it a ton in football where the game's always going to favor the quarterback position more than anyone else on the field, but the game of basketball, 
it's going to favor the offense. I'm not saying you can't have success defensively, folks. But like you said, it's definitely favoring one side. And with how smart coaches are these days, the best players are going to get the ball in their hands. And we'll see what happens from there. Well, those are the big things I wanted to key on tonight, Ryan. I'll just leave it to you. Is there anything else you want to hit on this recap yeah, here? One last thing I wanted to ask, Wyatt, and I think I know the answer, but i got to ask it regardless. The Eagles are already three games up on everyone. We've already said the race is over. On the men's side, obviously. On the right? men's yep. side. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, you know, now the big question is when do they clinch? When are they Ooh. able to lock up the number one? And if they do do it somewhat early – do you see Coach Gross and his staff deviating it all down the stretch where they get some guys some rest? Or do you think they care a lot about that pursuit to perfection? It means something to them to be undefeated in UMAC play? Or is it kind of a compromise where they're sitting some guys and then playing others, but they're on a minutes yeah, restriction? Well, How do you think they handle that in the last couple of games? Because the way it's going now, White, they're going to clinch with still games left on the schedule. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. It's not like football, in my opinion, especially in the NFL, where if you get like a bye or something, you can rest the players or where injury is as common. I mean, injuries happen in basketball, don't get me wrong, and even just resting the legs can be extremely important. But I don't think they're going to necessarily just rest guys down the stretch because of that. I see them uh, being in a position, one, where some of these guys have already rested this year, whether it's been an injury or due to just, you know, COVID and stuff like that. And two... They're in a position where you'll have some days where you could take it a little bit lighter in practice if you really wanted to get guys rest. I think they'll sure. play, may, maybe back off a little bit in the second half of games, let's say, if you get a chance to and the, the opportunity presents itself. But, I mean, yeah, I, I see them playing their guys all the way through the regular season just because uh, it's one of those things where at this time of the year you have to be conditioned well enough anyways to do that. And, yes – they want to run the table and go undefeated. That's not necessarily why they're doing this, but more so just because I feel like they can and they don't have to worry about that issue with their guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say just one quick thing to add. I agree with what you're saying there, Wyatt, but it just intrigues me. More likely than not, again, stranger things have happened, and you know, Northwestern people hearing this are probably saying, don't jinx it, what the heck are you saying? But, you know, as I always say, Wyatt, I know the players and coaches are in the present and they take it one game at a time, but we will always continue to dream and look forward while also enjoying the process, okay, if that makes any sense. Well, and so. to answer your question, even though I guess you never technically asked specifically for this, but yeah. I think they clinched the weekend of the 11th and the 12th, by the way. Sure. So, okay, that leads to my question then. It intrigues me that night where they host Bethany and what otherwise would be just an unbelievable night inside the Erickson Center. It'll still be fun. I'm still looking forward to it. I mean, we talked about that women's matchup already. But Bethany could be fighting for everything, potentially, you know, uh, top half of the conference trying to hang on and have home court or all the way up to the two seed or, you know, what have you. And the Eagles could have next to nothing to play for other than, and it is big because I think they may seriously care about running the table and going undefeated. That's just an interesting dynamic. I think they want to win the game. And obviously if they get up and with 10 minutes to go, they're up by 20. I'm not saying that would happen, but if they have a luxury of sick guys, they would do it. But you can't, it's kind of like the argument you and I have had before off the mic, not the argument, but the discussion with the whole Georgia thing facing Alabama, in the SEC final, you can't fake desperation and going into a game like that, Bethany would be coming in with everything to gain from a win and Northwestern would be like okay sure we're like the Bulldogs or we're undefeated but we also understand other than staying undefeated 
and feeling good about ourselves, this game doesn't really mean anything. And again, when you're a competitor, I understand. You always lace them up to go and win. But I'll just leave it at this way. Like I already said, you can't fake desperation. Go dogs. But uh, <laughs> hey, remember what I said. I said, and I haven't had to go back on it yet because they don't play till the 18th of February. But I would, I, I would go back to what I said. If Northwestern beats Bethany and Mankato, I would take Bethany to beat them in that situation. You're sticking with it? As of right now, I mean, I don't have to say because you know I don't have to make that. Well, okay, but uh, but on the last. On the last pod, we talked about it. And I said, if the guns are to your head right now, and I could do the same thing again, but I won't. And you said, well, if guns are to my head right now, I'm picking Northwestern to win out. And then I said, I what you just said, where you said, okay, but Bethany's going to beat Northwestern if they lose to him the first time. So you feel free to add anything to that if you want and make a change or just leave it as is. And we can talk about it on the next pod. But it, it's just it's just interesting uh, down the stretch what happens with Northwestern. Oh, it definitely is, and Bethany for that matter. And, I mean, really, like we said, all those teams from the 2 to the 7, it could really get jumbled. And then, obviously, I think we know Northwestern's going to be the 1, and Martin Luther's looking like they're going to end up being the 8th at this point. But other than that, I mean, it really is undetermined at this point what's going to happen in that 2 to 7. So that'll be really interesting to keep an eye on. Anything else? Does that cover what we needed to... No, I mean, we've danced around it, but if we real quick just want to give an update on the records for predictions uh, through yeah, through tonight's yeah, results, yeah. <laughs> you're 39-11, and 11, I'm 42-8, and 8, a whopping three-game lead, insurmountable for you. No, just Believe kidding. Believe it or but, not, three games actually does seem like a lot for some reason. But it's not. We've been, we've been so yeah. close the entire way. Hey, I mean, if I if I end up picking at a 78% clip the entire way and I end up losing, I mean, just bravo to you. Hats off to you. Thank you. I appreciate that tip of the cap. It means a I lot. Just, like I said, I've been losing those weekday games that we go against each other. It is the and, kind. And it's the ones where you've been going against Northwestern. I mean, if we well, go back yeah. and you pick the Eagles in some of these, we're probably even Steven. So, I mean, you already gave your apology earlier to Coach Call's club, but uh, just putting it on the record, you don't believe in the alma mater. And No, I'm just, I'm just hey, kidding. Hey, I'm hey, just kidding. Hey, do not ever question my Northwestern. <laughs> too far. Too far. But... Uh, Guess what, buddy? This is a full slate on the men's side, too. So we have 16 games to pick from this weekend. I have a feeling things could be very interesting once again after this upcoming week. Uh, especially with you picking Crown to upset Northwestern. I mean, I can't wait for that logic and explanation in the next pod. Wow, you know, that's all you needed to say. The Crown guys are going to listen to this, and they are going to be fired up. Watch out. That, that game's got a ton of storylines, Wyatt. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, you're not wrong about that. No, I'm looking forward to that one as well. It'll be fun to preview, and like you said, we'll be doing that in the next day or so, so people can look for that. Uh, but again, as always, you can download, so you can listen to these anytime, anywhere. Uh, we appreciate all the support we've gotten so far. You can follow us on Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC. And maybe to give you a little incentive to do that, maybe we will start posting like a weekly question or two. I don't know, just to spice things up a little bit. Just Absolutely. That we have. I mean, give a little something out there and let We're people vote on. We're trying to stay involved on, on Twitter and retweeting things and all that and keeping people uh, up to date if they're not already staying up to date. But just one one last thing to note, Wyatt. I know uh, for folks listening and if you're thinking, when are you going to get your next player or coach on? We've been working on it. We have things in the works lined up for this final month. Rest assured, we have not quit on that. So again, if you want to nominate someone that you think would be great to come on or if you're a player yourself that would like to come on and we have not heard from you, and you want to just throw it out there, inbox is always open. U-A-O-The-U-Mac at gmail.com.
Facebook.com. Just wanted to let people know we have not quit on that. We are continually working to get guests. Some things haven't lined up with dates on people we thought we were going to have, but we will keep working, rest assured. Yeah, I should say you'll keep working. I've not pulled my own weight when it comes to that, but I appreciate everything you've been doing on that front. And like you said, we are currently actually uh, in the works to have somebody. So uh, a, a big one to that. A well, big we, one. We we'll just leave it there. A big one. That's for sure. But uh, if if people don't consider it a big one, wide, uh, we there's there's some red flags. We'll just leave it at there for now. Problems but, to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think uh, you hit it all there that uh, anything that I would want to add as well. And uh, looking forward here to this preview that will be coming out soon and excited to really get to the tournament, though. I know you say to enjoy the season, and I have been, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I'm even thinking at the Division One level. I enjoy the regular season there too, Ryan, but I still can't wait for March Madness but, to show up. I mean, it's the same thing for the UMAC, too. <laughs> But here's the deal, Wyatt. As soon as we get to that point, it's going to be great. Don't get me wrong. But then when it's over, we're going to be wishing, at least I'm going to be wishing, that I could go back to the first week of February and just take a moment to pause. See, and I would argue and if just... you're already thinking that now at the beginning of February of how sad it's going to be at the end, you're not truly enjoying everything no, that's I am. happening right no, now. No, I am because we've been through this a number of times, Wyatt, and gone over it again and again and again. Don't take anything for granted. I'm not trying to jinx nothing, Wyatt. Don't get me wrong. But just enjoy the moment we're in now, and when the great stuff comes later, it'll be all the more better. I mean... It's as the saying goes, the tough times make the great times better. I mean, this isn't a tough time now, but great times are coming. So just continue to battle through, persevere. I mean, this is this is going to be really, really fun the next you couple know, of weeks. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sue you for plagiarism there because my Twitter bio is "bad times make good times better." I think. Oh, you just, really? You just changed. The Did wording. I say that exactly? No, you changed the wording a little bit though to fly under the radar there. But I know what you're trying to pull with that one. Come on. But uh, with with that, uh, I think we can probably wrap this one up. But we're looking forward to the preview pod coming out soon. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun to break those games down, and there's a lot of other things I want to chew on as well, Ryan, but some of them are more appropriate once we get closer to the tournament, so we can hold off on those for now, but uh, certainly a lot of things to talk about. And as you mentioned, I mean, not even if people just want to give insight or have questions or anything, there's certain topics, too, people want us to address. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, we'll, we'll talk about anything that somebody wants us to if they give us an email, uaotheumac at gmail.com, as long as it relates to UMAC basketball. Yeah, put say. us on the spot. Wyatt loves being put on the spot. I miss putting you on the spot, Wyatt, at Northwestern Games as the analyst, and I know you miss it. So put him on the spot. He's looking, he's looking for opportunities like that. Can I say I thrive under pressure, I guess? <laughs> yeah, love, love absolutely. Being, love being put on the spot, but... Uh, with that, we appreciate uh, the support. That'll conclude the Week 5 recap. Week 6 preview will be coming out in the next day or two, so look for that. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll catch you next time here on the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast.